This episode of The Blur Mob contains explicit language. While we want everyone to enjoy the show, sometimes we may say things that are not appropriate for all ages. So, in other words, mom, dad, granny, we cussing. Discretion is advised. King G. Grossite ENT. <laughs> Rock with it. Rock with it. Rock with it. Rock with it. Let me, let me pop my shit. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me pop my shit. Hands up. What's up, y'all? And welcome to the Blur Mob, your hub for all things black and nerdy. I'm your host, Foot, joined by my two co-hosts, Ryan and Ralph. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other streaming service, make sure you hit that follow button so you can get updates from the mob. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on those bell notifications for future uploads. We are back after a month plus of hiatus. We have finally made it back in the studio for episode 19. It's been a long time. A lot of stuff has been going on. I moved. Ryan moved. Um, we went on a couple trips. Um, so we're back. Every I, we spent a lot of money. <laughs> so we are <laughs> we are back in the studio. Everything has settled down. So we are back to give you some blurty content. Um, so I really just want to catch up on like what's been going on. Um, with everybody. I mentioned that I moved. Um me and two friends of mine, we got a uh a house. So I got my original nerd cave backdrop back instead nice. of the corner that I was shimmying in in my apartment. <laughs> Let me put you on full screen so I can check it out real quick. You know, Let me look at it real quick. So yeah, we yeah, back we back in nice. this. I don't have my my posters um up yet, but those will be coming soon but the fact that i just got all of my collectibles back up is it's a good it's a good time okay so what's what's been going on with everybody what have we um been listening to is anything new we've been watching any new hobbies interests i just feel like we've been out the loop well since you bullied me about it earlier i have Uh, discovered a very new hobby it is called the collection of Funko Pops. I did not bully. I did not bully you about the Funko Pops. <laughs> I just said you went off the wall with buy because it. This is what happened for those listening. Next Ryan time. got a Funko Pop overnight, and then I blinked. Like I woke up the next morning, and Ryan had like sixty Funko Pops. Like he sent me a picture of a box full of nothing but Funko Pops. Like it was my moving box. It got extreme. I I just feel like it got extreme. I hope you got at it least did, the it, like it, collectible editions. That way you can resell them later. Oh, I well I I don't want Foop to bully me more, so I'm not going to tell you how much they cost. But if you see <laughs> these stickers, these stickers mean a lot. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going to tell you how much I. Spent. I was not bullying the man, but um. <laughs> Ryan started his new hobbies is collecting Funko Pops. I haven't started any new hobbies. I think I've just been trying to settle into this new house. Um, one thing I will say is I've been catching up on 
TV. Um, mm. The Harley Quinn show is back, so I'm definitely been watching that. I finished Stranger Things season four, finally. Um, I watched the Obi Wan series. I watched Miss Marvel. Um, so really, this summer with um, no app to work on, no school hiatus from the podcast, I've just had time to catch up on had TV. Uh, reading wise, I'm reading Injustice Two. Yeah, focus on myself. I've been reading Injustice Two. Yeah. I've been getting back into playing games, so I got uh, Mario Strikers Battle League. Been playing that, and uh. They dropped another wave of tracks for Mario Kart 8. So I played those yesterday. So, Fruit. yeah. I ain't, I ain't even opened my Mario Strikers game yet. <laughs> the only complaint that I have about Mario Strikers Battle League is the roster. It's like 10 characters mm. and you have to make a team of four. So it's not like you and the person you're playing against could have like the exact same team. And I'm not saying that's bad, but like, you know, where's the variety? You see what I'm saying? And I think what they're doing is the additional characters are coming as DLCs. They dropped like a couple weeks ago that Daisy, they're about to add Daisy to uh, Battle League, which I'm excited for because I love Daisy as a character. Like in any sports game, she's an all around type character so i was pretty pissed when i first loaded the game and then see her on there but so it looks like they're increasing the rosters through dlcs and and that's fine but that was that was my only complaint yeah as far as the rest of the game it's did we yeah maybe we did i talked to you guys about the roster but yeah we talked about it yeah yeah I hope they continue to support it because it seems like they're actually supporting Mario Kart, but I don't know if that's because everybody been complaining about where the next one is or not. But hopefully they yeah. support it. Yeah, but they got these waves. Like, I guess, I think, I feel like the only support they've been giving Mario Kart is with them dropping this booster pack. So. Yeah. But, you know, they did a good job supporting, um, what's that game? Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah. So hopefully they yeah, give they strikers do. like that necessary, like, hey, get that roster up to at least 20 people or something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, some more characters would be great. But um, that's mm-hmm. me. Ryan yeah. talked about his Funko collection. What about you, Ralph? Um, Some things that I've been watching ever since I hiatus. I've watched Baki, Baki Hanma. I've started watching Villain Saga. Uh, Villain Saga. That got added to Netflix recently. Um, ah, so far, yeah, it, it just got added. How you to like Netflix it? Very recently. Um, I would say it's interesting. Um, I've only watched like two or three episodes so far because I've been busy with other things. We'll get to that a little bit later. But yeah, I've started that. I'm back watching Attack on Titan uh, with my girl, and okay. I finished Umbrella Academy. And when I say I was sad that it's ending. I wanted to cry. I got to finish. I'm halfway through Umbrella Academy season three. Like, I think I started that in Stranger Things at the same time. And then Stranger mm-hmm. Things just got so good. And I was like, we're going to come back to Umbrella <laughs> Academy. I would, I would say definitely finish it. It's, it has, it has a nice ending. Uh, in my opinion, it was, it was definitely a few things that I kind of, question but i understand after finishing it now kind of like 
what the end goal was for one of the characters. So, so is season know. three the last season? This is the last season. That's what they made it seem like. It wasn't, you know, any any teaser or anything, Lex. Uh, like after it finished, but that's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like that was kind of like the end. You'll you'll see. You'll see. Mm. I don't want to spoil it for you or anybody else that, you know, maybe trying to get into it as well, but it's 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 good. Okay. We'll come back. We'll spin the block. Once I finish Umbrella (laughs) Academy season three, we'll spin the block. But um something else. uh, So what's else went up? So as as you guys know, except I don't think the listeners will know yet, I am preparing myself to start streaming. Um, I want to start streaming after my final trip in August. I will be going to Nashville, so I'll be starting streaming that August twenty second week, hmm. somewhere been there. I want to have a you know. A consistent Sounds like schedule. I'm gonna have to make me a Twitch account. <laughs> yes, I gotta remember the password to my Twitch account. I ain't got one, one. so it seems like I'm gonna like... have to make a <laughs> Twitch account to support Ralph. But yeah, so there we I, go. I have been busy. There we go. Trying to get things together for that. I've spent money on a new PC. Just trying to make sure, you know, I have the basics of what I feel like. Because I feel like my OCD will get to me. Mm-hmm. And if I know it doesn't fit the way I want it to look, you know, I want to I wanna, I wanna hold myself up to a certain standard. Even though I am just starting. So, I want to at least have you yeah. Know, the, yeah. the basics. I was the same way when I was first starting the... Uh the podcast i was like i gotta have this stuff like it it doesn't feel right for me to not have everything i need and it was kind of like i don't necessarily need it to start but something just didn't feel right in here for me not having what i needed to start what i felt like i needed to start the podcast so i feel you a hundred percent right on getting your equipment and stuff um let's let's talk let's talk music um there's been some singles dropping yeah i was gonna get to beyonce's album but it's been some singles dropping throughout the summer but the staple the staple of my summer was renaissance it was i feel like to be honest this might be my favorite Beyonce album beside B-Day. This might be my favorite Beyonce album. I I think it's just the vibe of it, like the vibe that she was going for with this being a dance album. Because I think we're all used to Beyonce like putting out like love songs. And sometimes she does step out of her element and do something different. But I I just feel like what she did with this album was like completely different from what she's done before. And I would say that she executed it very well. And the elements of it, like for me, behind the scenes, she had a lot of black queer producers Mm -hmm. um, on the album. Some of the songs she had, Sheila E., which um, used to play drums for Prince is on one of the songs. Mm. It's a lot of Prince influence. There's um samples from like Donna Summer and they're like I could tell that she put a lot into this album. And not saying that Beyonce doesn't put a lot into her album, but like knowing the background. Like if you guys ever listen to um 
not the internet, but Sid, I don't think she's a part of the internet, but she's a black queer musician, a black lesbian musician. She um, co-produced one of the songs on the album, Plastic Off the Sofa. So I think it was, it was a really nice album. If I could describe it, I would say this album is very gay. <laughs> this this album this album is very gay. <laughs> Look, as a as a compliment, as a compliment, this is this is very this is not an insult. Like Alien Superstar is my favorite. Like when I first heard it, I was like Beyonce, what? And then I think the best thing about it is that people started putting Alien Superstar over like the Magical Girl transformations. So they did Sailor Moon, um, another girl from I, I didn't watch the show, but they did a Starfire transition, which I thought felt perfectly. And I was just like, "Yeah, this it. This is the one." Okay. But that that is that is my highlight album of the summer. It is. No. Now, while we're still on Beyonce, my confession album, is is that I have not listened to it yet. I think you should listen to it. Yeah. Listen to it. I think it's really nice. Um, one of the songs I think you would like, Ryan, just because I know you're a Drake fan. Heated Drake wrote that song, and when you listen to it, you can feel that Drake vibe. It kind of reminds me of One Dance, how the beat mm. goes. I think you would like. I think you would like that one. Okay, because I'm still catching up. Like, I did two full listens of Drake's new album. Mm-hmm. Still haven't done a full listen of Kendrick's, even though I found the songs I like off of it. Mm-hmm. But I do need to check out Beyonce, because my last Beyonce album that I really liked was her Afrobeats one. Had that kind of golden cover on it. You talking about um, Black is King? Like, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. That's the last Beyonce album I, I don't really think like I enjoyed. listened to. I don't think I listened to that one. I think around that time I was kind of falling off Beyonce, but she hmm. snatched me back. Drake's album, the only song I like off of Drake's album is Jimmy Crooks with 21 Savage. And it's the last song. Makes and sense. I hate that I like it because the vibe of that song versus the vibe of the rest of the album is not the same. No. I would I would say yeah. Twenty One Savage has had a trend of saving a few Drake songs. I I would I would definitely had a trend of saving a few Drake songs. I I will say this. I really like both of them, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong because I this this Jimmy Crook song. My fa- my favorite part about it is tw- is Twenty One's verse, and let's talk mm-hmm. about let's go back to Certified Lover Boy. Mm-hmm. Would we have enjoyed Knife Talk the same way had Twenty One not been on the song? I, no. I'm gonna be real. Knife Talk is <laughs> no. song. Listen, <laughs> no, I, I love that album, but Knife Talk is a Twenty One Savage song. That is some I, hood. So I I have stuff. to. I that's some controversy, but I have to agree with Ralph that twenty one, the twenty one Drake combo, is a very nice combo. It is. I, yeah, I would say I would say if if better than Drake and Future. No, I feel like I feel like Drake and Future is a different type vibe. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Ralph. Go ahead. So I would say 
Next, if he did not pick 21 Savage, he would have had to pick J. Cole. He would have had to. Because For that J. vibe, Cole, though? J. Cole I brought I don't J. Cole know. brought the heat. I don't think Cole. I would I would have that. to dis I would have to dis if we pull, let's let's go back to Knife Talk. Because we've mm-hmm. all heard Knife Talk. For that song. For that Cole. song, I would not have put J. Cole in that position. That song would not Drake and J. I feel like Drake and J. Cole have different sounds. Like I don't feel like a mesh between Drake and J. J. Cole would go well, just because mm-hmm. of J. Cole's sound, and and because of Drake's sound. Like I just don't feel like that is a combination that would mesh. It depends on how they get used too. Like for a good J. Cole Drake song, I don't want Drake dropping bars. I'm, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I he, love he, Drake, would but for, he would have to sing. He would have to sing. He would have to sing, be on some chorus type ish. He can't yeah. be dropping bars I, if it came a hundred percent. I would agree with that a hundred percent. If there's a if there's ever a Drake J Cole crossover, Drake would have to sing. He can't. Mm-hmm. He can't because somebody somebody's flow. I'm gonna make a very good example of this. So, a couple weeks ago, Megan The Stallion and Future released a song called Pressure Licious. I don't like it. Because I haven't even listened to it. Megan's sound, Megan's sound and Future sounds are different, but the way that they meshed it together, it felt like more of Future song than Megan's. And nobody, nobody, Future tried to match Megan's flow. Well, I won't say that. Megan tried to match Future's flow on the song, right? And it does work out when. Somebody tries to match somebody's flow. Like a good example of a female rapper in Future is Sir by Nicki Minaj. Future matched her flow on the song and it came out nice. But on this specific song, it it did not feel like a Megan song. It felt like a Future song with Megan Thee Stallion on it. And I think that's what I disliked about it. So, did you hear that song with Meg and um Young Thug? I forgot the name of it. I don't think it, it got a music don't video. Stop. Yeah, did you feel? Did you feel like they worked well together? I think so. I think because of Young Young Thug's style and the vibe mm-hmm. that Megan was going for, I think it fit. Mm-hmm. Like I, okay. I feel like you. I feel like either one of them could have went hard on that song like essentially if you hear the beat like the way it starts it essentially could be a young thug song or if she took thug out it could it still could have been a megan the stallion song i think right okay and i just I, yeah i was gonna say i haven't listened to her song with future yet but i did like her bars with um thug and that one song she did with little baby that one went hard for me too yeah it's just finding like the vibes i guess so, but going back to your initial question about tw- Drake and 21 Savage and Drake and Future, I just think it's a different vibe. Like, I feel like Drake and 21 is like, Drake is that kid from the suburbs and 21 is his best friend from the hood and they ride out and make songs. <laughs> you can, and you then, can almost put little Baby, you can almost put little Baby in that area too. And then... And then Drake and Future is like, yeah, we're two dudes from the suburbs and Drake is Drake and and Future is Future. Jesus Christ, Ron. Did you fall? I might keep going, you guys. 
it sounded like he failed. Jesus Christ. But that's what I I feel like the con- I feel like the collabs are two different vibes. Yeah, I would and I would agree. That so that's my that's my thing on it. But um now have while you, Ryan's have fixing his light, another King thing Cap's album. King Who? K Camp. You know, he came Ooh. out with an album, I think. The K Camp? K Camp. Yeah. K Camp changed his name? No, I said K Camp. Did he change it to King? I said K Camp. Yeah, I thought you said King. King. I, I swear you, you said, said King. King. Ralph, I swear. We're going to have to K-Camp. edit this. <laughs> I said K Camp. Okay. Run it back. <laughs> I, okay. So I let's rewind. K Camp's making K-Camp. music? Yeah. He came out with an album. K Camp's making more music? Yes. I don't feel like that he, was. I don't feel like that was a good choice. I don't feel like that he, was a good choice. He should have waited two weeks. He should have. No, yeah, I, I he should have waited did, a while. I did listen to it, and I enjoyed it for the name of the the name of the album is on um, Vibe Forever, and it did you know fit that that title. Like he wasn't trying to go out for okay. like the whole hard hip-hop it was it was definitely like something you can ride out to on like a weekend and just relax to okay i'm gonna have to i didn't know k count was making new music but i guess i'm gonna have to check it out because i do like i do like k count um so let's move on so one thing that we did do as a collective we went to DreamCon. i know we mentioned this on the last episode but now we are back from DreamCon. stand up sir and I want to share. I don't know. I feel like if Ryan stand up, he going to knock some over. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful. All right, now sit back down before you knock some over. You're right. The setup is not sta- uh, stable yet. <laughs> so we're back from DreamCon. We went to Dallas, Texas. Um, so really, I just want to get, now that we've, we're back and we sat on it and we, we're, we've come down from the high of going to DreamCon for the first time. So let's right. talk about our experience. Um, for me, I was, my favorite part was just being surrounded by so many black people, black content creators, black cosplayers, black podcasters, streamers, all being in this one place where we can all enjoy like you see everybody and you know they enjoy the same things you do. Like there's no question that this guy likes anime cuz it's, it's what we're all here for. And just seeing that crowd in the black joy. Like seeing so many people excited to be here, seeing the dedication and the work that people put into their cosplays, like you could really tell that everybody had intentions of right. being here. And their intentions, and it was nothing. I feel like there was nothing but positive vibes the whole time I was there. Like just chopping it up with random people, and like being able to share that excitement of being here. You know, I I just think I think that DreamCon was in that in that perspective was great for me. And also the information, like the panels, like I did go to a couple panels, but there were some, they, I want to shout out DreamCon for making the panels that informative and knowing their audience. 
Like they know that there are going to be content creators, cosplayers, podcasters, streamers, people who want to get into that type of um, industry that they set up those panels. Like we went to some really good ones that talked about marketing um, your content, getting sponsorships. What is it like to reach out to brands? When, um, when do you know you need a manager if you're already making content? Um, we also went to one that talked about the legal side, like copywriting your logos, when to trademark, who to talk to when you need to trademark, you know, right. what's considered legal and what's not, you know, like the, the intricacies of even making partnerships with these bigger brands, like stuff that you know that you need to think about once you start making content, but it's just like, this is the business side of it. And I really, I really appreciate the people who came out and took the time out of their day to share that information and to make those, those presentations. So my time at yeah. DreamCon was great. I spent too much money though. We're going to, we going to talk about the amount of yeah. money that we spent <laughs> later. But <laughs> Yeah. See, See, my favorite part, the last thing that you touched on, my favorite part was definitely that information. Like, not going to lie. I expected the nice cosplays. I expected the good energy. Now, the energy was higher than what I expected. I loved it. Mm -hmm. But that information that I was passing out, like, when Portia, when Foop talks about um, even the young lady who was giving us the information on patents, copyrights, trademarks, full-fledged attorney, black attorney, Mm -hmm. loves anime. A part of the culture, not just, you know, black culture. She can, she can folk. She also liked the anime and everything. She know what we into. She know what everybody's thriving for, like the common right. issues and questions that may come up. So she was able to address that. I felt like yeah. that was a very personable and customized experience. And you I like the I'm way saying? she I like the way she taught it as well. Like when she got into trademarking exactly. and copyright, she used examples that made sense to us and it wasn't just like her being an attorney and speaking a bunch of law talk and we don't know what the f is going on like she broke it down and used examples of like well-known figures and well-known brands for us to understand and i highly appreciated that because like i'm a computer science major Ryan's a computer science major. Like, we're not going to understand this law stuff off the jump. Right. So I'm going to need you to break it down for me to where I can understand. And I 100% appreciate that she did that. Right. Like, that was legit probably my favorite part. Like, the actual edu- the ac- educational panels, we had folks from Hypeland. We had even that panel where it was a whole bunch of managers and um talent agencies. Mm-hmm. And some of those people actually worked with some of the um content creators there at DreamCon, able to put us on game, that was my favorite part. Well, sadly, I missed the dodgeball tournament. I think y'all did too. I didn't get to participate in the gaming tournaments. But another thing that went hard, that went so hard, pause, was the exhibit hall. Yeah. I we got we got to come back. We have to come back yeah, to the exhibit gotta, hall because when I tell you guys I spent so much money, I spent Somebody so much money in that. I spent so much money in that exhibit hall. Like, man. So what about you, Ralph? 
I would say the the thing that really attracted me the most was definitely the um the time that we spent, you know, listening to people, pretty much what you guys picked up on. But it was also a few um Lord Jesus, I'm having a brain fart. A few panels that I did enjoy. I definitely enjoyed something different that you guys may have picked was the Avatar panel that we went to. That was good. That okay. Was, that was definitely yeah. fun. I I enjoyed the information that they gave, and it made me think about you know how how Korra is now the new beginning of Avatar as a as a whole now. So you know, yeah. it makes you wonder like who who are they going to give it to next? Like what is that journey going to be? for the next avatar that they come up with for a TV show, if they do do it. So I I think I appreciate people who made panels like that and were very intentional. Like the avatar one was really good and they, they could have just went up there and just talked bullshit about avatar and, you know, just called it a panel. But I think the fact that they did like a deep dive analysis and they were very intentional of why we're up here talking about Avatar was something that I enjoyed. And we actually got to sit down and have a talk with them, too. Uh, Me and you, me and you, Fu. Yeah. We actually got to sit down and talk with them for a little bit. Yeah. Well, it was more so. Yeah. So it was really nice. I was tired. Okay, so this is this is this is this is my dislike about DreamCon, and it has nothing to do with DreamCon, nothing to do with RD, uh, RDC DC World. World. I almost pronounced it wrong. My bad. Yeah, I got it. And it has nothing to do with them. But like the first day I was there, I was so overwhelmed. One, we waited in line for like an hour to get in. It's hot as fucking Texas, if you guys didn't know. Waiting in the hot sun, waiting in the hot sun for like an hour and something to get in. Then we get in. We did see the uh, Hood Jujutsu Kaisen movie from King Vader, which I thought was great. I loved it. But after that, I. The crowd was very overwhelming, just like being there in the moment. And then now we're going to touch on it. The exhibit hall. Walking in there for the on the first day. F me up. It did. I should not have walked in the exhibit hall on the first day of the convention. <laughs> but just like seeing everything that they had, like I bought posters, shirts. Funko Pops. I had to get me some DreamCon merch. Like the things that what I really liked about the exhibit hall is just seeing the different ways that people express their interests and how they were expressing it. I think one of like one of the off the wall thing because we're used to like people making posters and making t-shirts but Ralph had found a booth where they had anime themed fragrances. And I was like, okay, this is a different way to express your love of anime by making fragrances. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're so used to people making t-shirts and bandanas and robes and bonnets and, like, apparel, to put it in short. That something like making a fragrance, anime-themed fragrances, is like, okay, this is out the box. Yeah. Or like in that that one stand in the very beginning, it was like um, 
see-through Pokeball statuettes oh, in like man. different sizes, and they had like the Pokemon so like an ecosystem in them. Yeah, I, I, I wanted, wanted one. one of those until I saw the price. I, I it, saw the price. Listen, Those John's were expensive. I didn't care about the price. Look, I had to the make sure my matter. stuff got back on the plane. Right. I had to make That's right. I had to make sure. I had to make sure and my bag glad. stayed under fifty pounds because. When I tell you I was stuffing stuff in my book bag, because I was like, I know if I put this in my suitcase, it's going to be over 50. Mm -hmm. I think, really, honestly, truly, I feel like I should just drive to DreamCon next year. Because, I mean, like, or just plan better, like, with my bags and stuff. Maybe just bring me a little default dummy bag. Because it's like, it was so much stuff that I wanted. But I was like, I know if I go like overboard with buying stuff, it's not gonna fit back in my suitcase. No, it was some stuff I just knew would get damaged. Like those those pieces of art that was there, I saw some really dope posters. Yeah, and I was like, it's been a while since I've bought actual posters, and it it took a lot out of me to not get them. It took a lot out of me to not get them. Yeah, and I was also like, if I put these in a suitcase, I, in the second something well, comes we, up bent, I'm gonna be angry. <laughs> what? Um, me and Galvin did with our um this bit right here. I made him pack some clothes first, put the posters down, and then put some more clothes on top of it. That is that joint is cold. I got a Sailor Moon one. That's I just the only thing is I have have to get a custom frame. Yeah. Cause I think the you size. You know where to get those at? I can. Uh, you can go to Michaels and actually uh, order your custom frame for it. Mm. But there we this go. bit right here yeah. went Definitely. hard. I had to get it. Yeah, it was some posters autograph. I saw, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I I was like, I saw some posters, and I was like, I gotta have them. I got to. Mm-hmm. But um. Other than it being hot and like being just like fully overwhelmed the first day, I don't mm-hmm. think there's really too much I dislike about DreamCon. I think something that took it over the top that was extremely helpful was them making the app and you being yeah, able to was, see like all of the events and 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 they did like a 15 minute reminder um for the events that you chose to, which I thought was mm-hmm. like extremely helpful. And it had the map in there. It had the list of everybody who was selling in the exhibit hall. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm excited for next year. I think I'm I'm looking forward to next year. I feel like I might cosplay. And yeah. I definitely, I definitely want to be more involved in the convention. Because I guess I went into the mindset of DreamCon, like, to host a panel or to do this or do that. You had to be, like, have, like, a high standing in, like, social media. But, like, looking at the panels and the people who are on there, they just signed up to do a panel because they wanted to do a panel. And I was like, okay, bet. Let's go. And they act, and a lot of them actually had big audiences, and those audiences weren't even just people who already followed the folks. Yeah, they just saw the title like that avatar. A lot of those folks they ain't know who the panelists were. Exactly, but they saw Avatar, and they came. Now those panelists probably got like twenty, thirty new followers. Yeah, across their platforms. Yeah, so I'm excited to 
being more involved in the right. convention next year. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Now, I would say mm-hmm. for those that haven't been to DreamCon, just... definitely go. Definitely. Yeah. And get your tickets yes. early. Yeah. The second they drop, get them early. Buy extra that okay, just for your homeboys who ain't gonna have them and sell them later. Do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's a really good I think it's a really good experience. I wouldn't even critique anything about it myself either. I would. The only thing I'll say I can't wait to see it get bigger. Yeah. Because like just looking at how huge San Diego Comic Con is, like I want DreamCon to get that big. I want it to get huge because. After I was exploring LA before I moved out and I told Foop about it, I found a store that reminded me of DreamCon's exhibit hall. And it was basically just three times bigger. Same thing. Like DreamCon, they got all the concepts. I just can't wait to see it get bigger. And hopefully it's in Texas again. Yeah. And I, I think it I think it will get bigger. The fact that they've been doing it since 2018, but I didn't mm-hmm. fully become aware that it was a thing until last year. I definitely yeah. think it's gonna get bigger. Yeah, and I think they're also going to continue to have it in Texas. Yeah, I think they're going to keep the Texas location. Now, if they that was a good area. Now, if they just get too big where none of their stuff can fit there, then I can see them moving to another location. But I think they're going to keep that Texas location. Mm Hmm. It was fun though. We actually met a few folks. I like the fact that we was able to network. With um other content creators, like actually get to know them on a personal level, we were put on game. It was, it was yeah. nice. It was, it was just, it, it was just being, hot. I, it was just hot for me. It was hot. It was hot. Oh, it was Lord. Like it. <laughs> I, it was one day of the convention. It was like a hundred and six degrees, and I was like, "You have to be kidding me right now." No, it was one day. It's where it was hot. Yeah. It was one fifteen outside. That's crazy. I remember we went out that night and I walked outside and I was like, why is it still this hot? Like it was still like 90 some degrees outside at 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, it's sundown. I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> this is. I, w- I will say a warning though to anybody who's watching this and wants to go. Don't expect to see your favorite celebrities in person or favorite content creators, the real big ones. Because they were busy. Yeah. They were yeah. busy. I think you have to get like the VIP status and stuff like yeah. that to really like to meet them. I would I would say don't expect to like and you might, but I wouldn't say don't go in thinking you're gonna have a one on one conversation. You might see them in passing. Like we got lucky with um King Vader. King Vader. Because he was he was going to the bathroom. So we was like, hey, what's up? And we chopped it up. (laughs) And then we got lucky with uh Jordan. We got lucky with Jordan from Hypeland because we were waiting in line to tie-dye shirts. So he was helping out with the tie-dye situation. So it was like, yeah, come over, take take some pictures, chop it up. So And I ain't seen I only saw RDC World because they happened to ride the same plane as me. I got on, I was like, oh, that go Marcus. What's up? <laughs> I was like, I enjoy DreamCon. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. But I would definitely... You was about to say something, Ralph? Yeah, I was going to say, um, like, the first day we was there, 
me, Ryan, and uh, one of our friends actually, we didn't realize we walked past King Vader until I... I, t- I took a moment because I'm just trying to get in line. Oh, yeah, you through know. the parking lot? Yeah, we in the parking lot just walking from the car, trying to get in line because, you know, that line already long as hell. So he said, what's up? I said, what's up? And I was like, I like your cosplay. And then it took me a minute to register in my head who that was. Yeah, that's crazy. Because you guys told us that after we pulled up. But I want to... Yeah, because it's like... It's interesting because you 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 see him on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram so much, then you see him in person. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. you're tall in person. Yeah, you're, you're this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I want to move on to the I want to move on to the rest of our topics for today because we're touching the forty minute mark. But uh, speaking of conventions, San Diego Comic Con happened basically the week after. We got back from DreamCon, and you guys know what that means. A lot of Marvel information. But I want to say the highlight, at least for me, and I think I'm just going to call this the basis highlight. They dropped the trailer for Wakanda Forever. So if you have been listening to us in the past episodes, we have had our um, hesitancies surrounding Wakanda Forever. Um, we talked about Angela Bass's statement about um this was going to be better than Black Panther one. And mm-hmm. for me, I said this multiple times that I was going to have to see the trailer. And now I've seen the trailer and I think we're gonna be proved wrong. I think Angela Bassett might be right. I don't I watched the trailer. I'm not really sure I have my theories of what might go on. I mean, I didn't get like a full understanding of what the plot might be, but mm-hmm. the way that the trailer went, I think we're I think she might be right. I think they're going to honor Chadwick very well in this movie. Just because of how it started. Um and the song is Tim's Woman, No Woman, No Cry. And they then they mixed it with Kendrick Lamar's "All Right." And that was kind of yeah. a nice mix. I'm not gonna lie, that was a good mix. We get reveals of Riri Williams um, as Ironheart. Well, Riri Williams is the character; she is Ironheart. So we get to see her for the first time. We get our first look at Namor, Atlantis, as well as what the Atlanteans are going to look like um, in the Marvel universe. Um. I I think we're gonna I think we're going to be I think this I think we're going to be very satisfied with this movie just based off the trailer. I it looks like they took their time with it. I I would agree. I'm still looking forward to seeing it. But it it I like that they paid homage to Chadwick. Like I like that front at least from the trailer, it seems like hey, they're gonna acknowledge that we lost this dude. And they're going to tie it into the story. I'm interested in seeing how the story is. I would like to know, after seeing it, like what's, what was the story before Chadwick's passing? But it looked like it might be fire. I would hope, the only thing- my counter to that is I would hope that the movie performs so well that it doesn't you matter. You about that. That it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what the story was before it hit the screen. Right. Yeah. 
I hope it's and, not like a a multiverse of madness thing where we watched it and then we like okay, what happened in the other hour? Something in this movie because I want to see it. I hope that with this one, it's just it doesn't matter how the story changed that you guys mm-hmm. executed this new story very well. Now, right now, technically, and, and it's does like this start I, well, it, it, it kind of sucks because. No, this is going to end phase four. Okay. This is the last movie of phase four. Okay. The only thing that sucks is that this looks so good, but I still don't know what's going on in phase four. So let's talk about that. So we talked <laughs> about so the announcement, the announcement that came after the Wakanda Forever trailer drop is that Kevin Feige announced that Wakanda Forever would end phase four. So before we get into Back into our pet peeve of that we don't know what the fuck is going on with Phase 4. Let's just talk about the movies that have dropped in this phase. And I'm going to include some Disney Plus shows too. Mm -hmm. So we got Mm -hmm. Black Widow, Loki, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Shang-Chi, The Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, Miss Marvel. Thor Love and Thunder, and now we're about to get Wakanda Forever. We also got Hawkeye this yeah. phase as well. And I don't He's know what's Moon going Knight. on, but I want to state some highlights. Moon Knight. Forgot about that one. So I still don't know what's going on in phase four, but I do want to address some highlights that maybe it's leading that Phase four is setting the stage for phase five and phase six. We're going to get to that in a minute. But some of the highlights that I pulled out is that we got a lot of new characters out of this phase. Yelena Belova, Kate Bishop, Shang-Chi, Miss America or America Chavez, Miss Marvel. We're about to get She-Hulk in a a couple weeks with her Disney Plus show. We got Daredevil back. We're about to get Patriot. We got Sam as Captain America. We're getting a new Captain America. U.S. Agent. Monica Rambeau as Photon, Wiccan and Speed, Lady Loki, Kane the Conqueror, The Eternals. Um, we got some hints to Blade with the Black Knight, um, Moon Knight. So we got a, we got introduced to a lot of characters in this phase, even though the storyline isn't really making like the direction that this phase is going is not really making sense. Other highlights we got out of this phase is that we got introduced to the multiverse. We got a new element added to the MCU. And with Wakanda Forever coming out with the introduction of Namor and Atlantis, we're about to get Atlantis added to the MCU as well, the existence of that. And we got an introduction to the Celestials as well through the Eternals. Mm -hmm. So, though... The movies, as they went along, none of this stuff has been making sense to me. I will say that we are getting, if we are getting some new stuff out of it. Right. Um. It, did you guys see Thor: Love and Thunder? Yes. Not that was my my next question was with with the. I feel like it's been enough time now to mention this, but with the end credit cut scene of Hercules getting introduced, do you think they're gonna try to throw him in? I don't I have no idea what they're planning on doing with that. Like 
the movies that are coming up, and I guess we can go ahead and jump into phase five and six, is that I don't see where Thor or Hercules is going to fit in. I honestly wish that they would be done with Thor. Thor Love and Thunder did not impress me at all. I would not recommend paying to see this. I would wait for this to drop on Disney Plus because I don't know how it's going to fit in the future. My current opinion is that you can skip this one. Honestly, out of the yeah. whole phase four, you could skip. You could skip this one. But that's but that what's funny is I felt that about the majority of Thor movies except for Ragnarok and Ragnarok just happened to be pretty funny and good. Well, you couldn't skip though the the Dark World got pretty bad reviews. You technically can't skip it because it introduces you into one of the Infinity Stones. So, it, it's, and and I feel and, like and they you can short you, with the Thor character and you though. Can't, like and, and I think the first two and, movies, and it, I think the first two movies, they tried to make him a bit like Shakespearean, and then they found out that that wasn't working. Like they, I let we let them slide with Thor one because this is an introduction movie. Thor: The Dark World didn't do so well, so they had to do something. And I think Ragnarok was a great rebranding for Thor. But then we get to Thor: Love and Thunder, and I just feel like they have no idea what they want to do with him now. Yeah. Right. It. Did they? Did I they haven't seen the Thor movie, but that's because I was not interested at all. I have no idea what they're planning to do with Chris Hemsworth as Thor. I mm. feel like they should have let him be after Endgame. I with the intro, I have listed so many new characters coming out of Phase Four that I honestly don't know what they're going what they're going to do with Thor. Like, all of these new characters, the side characters like Doctor Strange, Wanda, are about to become main characters in the forefront. And with Thor being a member of the previous lineup, I just don't see where he's going to fit in with all of this new stuff that is coming forward. And Thor Love and Thunder did not give me anything towards that. I would say the only place... So do you feel like it's an actor issue? Or is it how they just... Okay, I I hear two questions right now. So, so what's your question, I was, Ron? I was gonna say, do y'all feel like it's an actor issue, or is it just how the directors are treating the Thor character? I like, think who it, do you feel like I think it's the director. I I honestly think it's I honestly think it's the director because the same director that did Thor: Love and Thunder is the same guy who did um, Ragnarok. And I think he did a really good job with Ragnarok with balancing the seriousness as well as the jokes and the character development. And the way that he developed Thor fit very well with the events of Infinity War and Endgame, which he wasn't a part of, the director wasn't a part of in these movies, but everything fit. So we get this full character development of Thor in these three movies, and I feel like he threw it all away in Thor Love and Thunder because they tried to take the vibe and the jokes and the silliness of Ragnarok and basically tried to put it on steroids. Mm, and, and they sacrificed the plot. To me, they sacrificed the plot of the movie, the seriousness of it, for jokes. They tried to make a whole movie a laugh fest. 
instead of acknowledging the growth that Thor has went through in phase uh three. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really think it's the, I really think it's the director. I think they tried to capital. I think they tried to take Ragnarok and put it on steroids, and it did not. To me, it did not perform well. Hmm. Now, to say that mm. there go there go y'all mob review. <laughs> <laughs> they go, yeah, they go to mob. They go to mob review. But right. let's let's go back to phase five and phase six. So, even though phase four. Is it making sense to us? I have a really good feeling about phase five and phase six. I think that phase four was setting the groundwork for a lot of stuff that is going to make sense once we get into phase five. My only question is, is how are they going to fit the stuff that we've seen in phase four into phase five? But I have a really good feeling about it. Um, Standout movies for me, Ant-Man 3, uh, the Disney Plus show Secret Invasion. The Marvels, Loki Season 2, Blade, Ironheart, Thunderbolts. And if you want to talk Phase 6, all of Phase 6. I'm excited for all of Phase 6. Fantastic right. Four, Avengers, um, the Kang Dynasty. So we're about to get Kang the Conqueror big time. And then Secret Wars, which is what this multi- what is, which is what this multiverse stuff is eventually supposed to lead to. So I'm True. definitely excited for Phase 6. See, out of Phase 5, definitely Blade. Echo, is that referring to that Eternal? No. I'm excited for that. Echo, no. Echo no. refers to, if you've seen Hawkeye, Echo is um kingpin's niece yeah in that one episode where you wanted a character emphasize where you mentioned you wanted a character emphasize from the hawkeye series i think so yeah that's her okay okay that'll be interesting and and who's iron heart you know i'm not a comic i'm not into comics like i need to be iron heart to give a brief like description is um is a black girl named ruby williams who is basically like iron man's prodigy and she builds her own iron man suit and goes and, you know, does her thing, fights fights crime. So she's being introduced. Your first time seeing her is going to be in Wakanda forever. So do y'all think... So in, so in the comics, he, she's Iron Man's prodigy. Like, she actually worked with him in the comic books? So I'm not too big on, like, Marvel comics. I'm not right. sure if she worked with them or not. From what I remember, I think she just like really looked up to him. Right. And and she's okay. and she's very smart too, like prodigy as in she's extremely smart to like up to his level to create this kind of stuff. As an Iron Man fan, I'm looking forward to Iron Heart the most out of so, phase five now. I I I am curious of how they're going to integrate Tony Stark into her story. With Tony Stark now being dead in the MCU, yeah, I think putting her and starting her in Wakanda forever, I feel like is a good starting point for her. Now, how they move forward with like her series, and her series may be an origin series. Like we may go backwards in time. Like, um, I feel like there's a, a um Easter egg 
there's an Easter egg in the Wakanda Forever series where she is, she makes the heart, the Iron Heart, for her suit. It, that's in the trailer. I was like, okay, that's dope. So either she's going to bust out with the suit in Wakanda Forever, or they're just going to allude to the fact that these events that's happening in this movie led you to making becoming Ironheart. And the series could be what her journey after Wakanda Forever, or it could be a little bit before Wakanda Forever than what she does after that. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So I'm 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 looking forward to that. Um but I I think the MCU Despite our complaints about Phase 4, I think for Phase 5 and Phase 6, I think they got it in the bag. Because Secret Invasion, just to put this example out there, and Ant-Man, Quantumanium, I think are supposed to join in a lot of the characters that we've been seeing throughout Phase 4 and actually now bringing them together and intertwining everybody. So I think... That is when stuff, all of these different elements that we've been seeing in these different movies is actually going to start making sense in phase so five. In other words, what and then phase six. And the I wouldn't say pay attention to it the most. That's just the one that I heard is going to include multiple characters from different series that we've seen. But where the X Men at? We might have to wait a minute for the X Men. Well. <laughs> I so this is what they did. So this is what they did, and this kind of pissed me off a little bit. At the end of Miss Marvel, they alluded that she might she might be a mutant, and they played the little X Men ninety seven the little in the background. And while that's cool. Miss Marvel's origin is not X-Men. She's an inhuman. So they basically rewrote a character's origin to allude to X-Men while erasing the inhumans out of the MCU. So I don't know if they're going to push forward with that or if they're going to make it to, oh, we made a mistake, that this is not a mutation as X-Men mutation. You're an inhuman. Because we've also met Black Bolt already, yeah. who's the leader of the Inhumans. So they tried to do a cute little thing in Miss Marvel, but I didn't fully appreciate them changing her origin like that just to introduce or to allude to the X Men. Now, in Wakanda Forever, it is rumored that a mutant is going to show up in Wakanda Forever. Now, with it being Wakanda, Black Panther, your first assumption is probably going to be Storm, but I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I guess we'll just have to, to wait Storm and see. There. Check us out in November. We we would we are definitely doing a mob review of Black Panther in November. So right. be on the lookout for that. Put it on your calendars. But uh, storm walk in there, be like, my boyfriend gone. Girl, what we gonna do now? <laughs> <laughs> what we gonna do now? Not, not with, not with Lupita still being in a movie. She rolled up talking about my boyfriend. <laughs> my boyfriend gone. 
But other things that got announced at San Diego Comic-Con, we finally got us some more Avatar The Last Airbender news. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I saw is that they are releasing an Azula graphic novel trilogy in 2023. The title of it is Azula and the Spirit Temple. I'm just excited that we are getting solo Azula content. Like, I'm extremely excited. The previous Avatar comics that did have Azula in it, she wasn't the main focus. The fact that this is a solo Azula graphic novel trilogy, I'm excited. I'm I'm hoping that this trilogy gives us more insight into what Azula's been up to after Avatar The Last Airbender and maybe allude or hint to some events that excluded her from Legend of Korra. Like, why why is there no mention or even anything alluding to Azula in Legend of Korra? And this comic book... Didn't they mention her once in Legend of Korra? Like, one time? I... I Maybe Zuko mentioning his sister and something. Yeah. But I don't I don't I don't remember them having a heavy conversation about Azula. It may have just been a one off statement with Zuko talking about his sister, which we all know is Azula, but I don't remember there being heavy conversation about what happened to Azula in Legend of Korra. So I'm not saying that we're gonna I'm not saying that we're gonna get this out of this graphic novel, but maybe they might allude, whatever her journey is in this trilogy, might allude to why we don't get much mention of Azula in Legend of Korra. Um, The other thing is that they mentioned that they're putting out another uh, Korra trilogy as well. She already has two. So what I'm expecting out of this new one, I hope they age her up. Like, she's older. Like, maybe in her late 20s, early 30s. And what does that mean to be in the Avatar in that time? Like, you know, with Republic City already being in that uh, industrial age type area, how has t- how is and how has technology advanced since we've seen Korra as 21? Because she was 21 when the season ended. When her whole run ended, she was 21. So I think it would be cool to see her older. And then that ties into how is she preparing for the next Avatar? Because you're not going to live forever. I mean, you could you could be on some Kiyoshi stuff and live forever for like 200 years or so. But she's not going to live forever. So how is she handling the fact that she has to prepare to pass off the mantle? What is she going to leave for the next Avatar? How has the yeah. Avatar cycle changed? What new things have they learned about the Avatar cycle? Because now she's the starting point of it. That That's some things that I would like to see um, out of this new trilogy. You know, some years, I want like fast forward to the, let some years go by and how has she been adapting as the avatar with everything continuously changing around her. So mm-hmm. they didn't give the name of um, her trilogy or drop a visual of what it's going to look like. They only did that for the Azula one, but 
Those two are dropping 2023, so I'm excited to grab those. And along with graphic novel um, announcements, they also talked about the movies. So the first mention of the movies, it was going to be three. It was going to be a Kiyoshi movie, a Zuko movie, and a Korra movie. Well, they've scrapped the Kiyoshi movie, and they're replacing it with an Aang movie, but they're going to be aged up. So this is going to be an older Avatar gang that they're following. So the first hot take that I want to talk about is how do we feel about them scrapping a Kiyoshi movie and replacing it with Aang? I, I personally, don't get mad at me about this. I, I would have loved to see Kiyoshi. I would have rather they scrapped a core movie and did adult Aang. The only reason I would have loved to see adult Aang is because seeing Republic City develop mm-hmm. and like that whole post child skip, him and Zuko as friends, they might t- uh, seeing probably what's going on with Azula if they touch on her a little bit after that fight. I would love to see that post time skip because that's what I wanted when Legend of Korra first dropped and I was watching it episodically after being an Avatar fan as a kid. I always wanted to see that. So that's my dream. And I, I hate. Hmm? I was going to say your opinion is my opinion that yeah. I'm not mad at an Aang movie. I think them scrapping the Kyoshi movie is um, missing our opportunity to expand the Avatar universe, to see the Avatar universe from a earthbending Avatar. Because we've right. seen exactly. air through Aang. We've seen water through Korra. We even got a couple episodes dedicated to Roku as a firebending avatar because it tied into Zuko's story. But the only thing that we haven't gotten is the world through an earthbending avatar. And I, the Kiyoshi movie was going to give us that. Right. But the reason I'm not mad at an Aang movie is the same reason you said, Ron, is that with them being older, we get to see the birth of Republic city and we get to see the challenges that they had to tackle to, get Republic City the way that we see it in Legend of Korra. We get this... The Fire Nation paying reparations. Right. Toph creating the Metal Bender police force. All of that is going to be fire. Right. And I get it. Like, like we've seen Aang animated. We, We saw them grow up through the series. If you read the comic books, you get to see them grow up more through the comic books. So it's like... Sure, give us some Aang content, but it's like I, it's so many more characters in the Avatar universe that right. we could have got mm-hmm. a dedicated movie on. You know, I would have, I would have loved to see Kyoshi. I, I wouldn't even be mad at a Roku movie. Don't sacrifice, don't sacrifice Kyoshi for Roku. But nah, they didn't have to get rid of the Kyoshi movie. They could have got rid of um Korra. No offense to Korra. No offense to her. I think. I mean- they, they I think a core, I think a core movie would be cool. You said what, Ralph? They need core. They need a core movie because we need to know how things are gonna go forward. Like how are things developing leading up to the you know maybe if they so do that, do a next Avatar, how are they gonna do it? So that's my thing. I think, I think, and this even goes for the Zuko movie. Like Zuko and Korra are established characters. So the story they need to tell needs to be told with intention. Like, what is mm-hmm. what is new about Zuko that we have to give him a whole movie? And what is new with Korra 
that we have to give her a whole movie. I love Cora. Right. I love her to death. But I'm I'm a big story person too. Like, what story are you going to tell? And I think a Kiyoshi movie would have been a really good story to tell because it's something that we haven't seen seen before. Like there's so many opportunities that could have been brought out of a Kiyoshi movie. So Exactly. And Kyoshi was raw. Yeah. Kyo, the way they talk about Kyoshi, she was raw. I wanna I wanna see a Azula esque avatar. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like someone who's a little edgy. You know what I'm saying? So I would have loved to see that Kyoshi movie. I think another but, missed opportunity that because we're not getting the movie, now I have to go backwards. I wish they would have done some Korra Kyoshi interactions before like the whole Avatar thing went down. Yeah. Like they had Korra talking to Aang, which I makes sense because he's the previous Avatar before you. You know, you're surrounded by so many of his friends, um, his children, etc. But it would have been really nice to see Korra talk to some other avatars other than Aang. I think it really would have been nice for her to talk to Kyoshi because, one, both of you guys are female avatars and your approach to problems are essentially the same. And I think she could have learned a lot from Kyoshi throughout her journey. And the thing about a Zuko movie, is it going to take place... Before the adult Avatar movie or after? I don't know. I don't know. So that's 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 why I'm going back to the story. Because what story about Zuko are you guys going to tell that um gave the green light that to give him a solo movie? Right, and that's that's where it's like I are they gonna include a lot of Azula? Is it him basically changing the theme and the tempo of the Fire Nation and making them love people and be nice to each other? Is it before Adult Gang Avatar? Like, is it before the Adult Avatar Gang movie? Is it post? Is it them going into the Republic City age? Like, I don't know. It's a little confusing that these that it seems like they could basically be the same time frame and they're back to back. Because what I don't want. I don't want to see Childhood Zuko. Nobody cares about that. Mm-hmm. We know his story. Don't nobody want to see that. I hope that's not where they're going with it. Maybe. Or is it going to be a lot of Azula influence? Like, that's... I'm, it's interesting that we're getting both of those now. It it could be. I I think we just have to wait for them to put out a bit more information. And it, it could mm-hmm. turn around just like how they scrapped the Kyoshi movie and replaced it with something else. They may change their mind and decide not to do a Zuko movie. Yeah. either right so i, I, I think we just anything, for that what's up ralph i would say if anything the one thing that i want to know who the hell is toss baby daddy <laughs> it gotta be Sasha. gotta, be, Sokka gotta be somebody to... we got we need to <laughs> know this info. <laughs> we need to know it gotta be soccer. I I don't feel like they're gonna put that in the movie. I think we're just gonna have to imagine. Look, I I mess just, around and it be aim, and then Katara <laughs> had a little rough patch. <laughs> not for them, not for them, baby, not for that baby to come out brown skin because Lynn's right. dad, Toph Toph said who Lynn's dad was. We don't know who right. the youngest sister dad is, and that baby brown. So they can't be Aang, baby. 
It, <laughs> that, it gotta, that baby that if ba- it ain't soccer that baby might be a water tribe baby <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if, I highly doubt we would get answers to that in a movie because it's still animated we don't know the audience that they're gearing this movie towards to but I can only assume that they want to gear this to younger children as well as you know bring in the old Avatar The Last Airbender fans. But mm-hmm. I see it as the same way J.K. Rowling did Harry Potter. The reason that J.K. Rowling did the time skip at, at the end of Deathly Hollows is because she didn't, because even though everybody was already paired up and the relationships were established, she didn't want to give way to, like, teen pregnancy and you know, stuff like that. So them aging up the Avatar characters and it already being established that Aang and Katara are a couple. And Toph may not have no kids, you know? She did... That might not even be a thought in her head for her being a mother, just to avoid Mm -hmm. things like that. I I don't see them doing that. Interesting. I just want to bring it up. It's soccer, though. (laughs) It gotta be my boy soccer, though. So let's move away (laughs) from the, uh, the entertainment industry and um let's jump into some video games so the big news that dropped we got more info on gta 6 we got a couple announcements surrounding that one they're putting gta 6 back in vice city and the real life equivalent of vice city is miami so we're going to be back in miami this protagonist is going to be a female protagonist instead of male which is completely new. This is all the way new for Grand Theft Auto. This 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 is is going to be interesting. This is all the way new. And they mentioned that the game is going to get continuous updates. It's going to include new missions as well as new cities and uh, areas on the map. So let's talk about the location because that was a conversation that we had a while back. How do we feel about them reusing a location. I am. I, here's the thing. It, it's not that I hate it, but I am not happy that they didn't try something new and explorative. Mm-hmm. I would have loved the ideas that we came with any one of those cities. The people who were in the comments on Instagram saying Atlanta. I would have loved somewhere new. We've seen Vice City, I think more than once, right, Ralph? We've seen Vice City, unless when they say we're adding new cities, they finna go up north and add Atlanta, or they finna go northwest and add New Orleans. I don't want to go back to Miami. Unless they finna go into the Caribbean, and we finna get on the boats and go to the islands, I feel like they should have been more explorative. Okay. I don't know what made them pick that, but I would have loved a new city. This is the second time. Okay. Second time? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to see it again. I'm sorry. I feel you. I'm not mad that we're going back to Vice City, but I definitely agree with Ryan that um, with the high anticipation surrounding GTA 6, this could have been the opportunity for them to pick a new location and to tell a different story, especially with them introducing a female protagonist, like new on top of new would be highly appealing for grand theft auto players so i'm i'm not mm-hmm. mad i think it's just a missed opportunity 
So let's like, get into the female protagonist. Oh. Uh, what's up, Ralph? I would say. What you about to say? I was answer the thinking, question. No, nah, I did not get a chance to answer the question. Respect your co-host. Right. My bad. My bad. My bad. But I would definitely say, based on the cities, I would have loved to see somewhere different. Like, you could have literally picked New York. That's a big city that we haven't explored. You could have picked Atlanta, like we've said. That's a big city we've explored. You could have picked Chicago. Chicago has so mm-hmm. much expansive stuff that you could have done it around. It's fucking insane. I said Chicago. Yeah. Like, you, you could have you done so much around that. I think the second they could have done another country for all I care. They could have done Mexico or somewhere. I think I the reason it. why I'm not too mad that they are reusing Vice City is the fact that the updates are supposed to open new areas and new missions. So it could be possible that these locations that we're we wish would have been the main location, it's I feel like there's still hope that we we would get a completely new area. That an update comes and we go to this completely new different city. Like the basis is Vice City. But once you complete whatever you got to do in Vice City, then the rest of the game is in these new areas that we've never been to before. And that's where the meat of the story and the meat of the game comes from. That's, I mean, that's being optimistic. That's being hopeful. But I'm hoping that that may have been the reason why they decided to reuse an old location. It's because we're not going to stay you. there too much. I feel you, but I understand the, is, the reason we're going to stay in Florida. We're going to stay in quote unquote Florida. They're just going to take the major cities from Florida and add them on. Right. Cause I, I doubt I, I would love for them to, but I highly doubt they finna let us drive and fly up north and add ATL and all I that mean, other stuff and drive across I don't, the southern I don't think region. it's sure. It may seem like a pipe dream, but I don't think it's too far off. Like, what was that GTA Five where you could go to the airport and you just fly to a different location? Like, I don't think it would be too far off. To no, you don't have you don't have the feature where you can drive all the way up north but if you go to the airport you can fly to this new location i don't think that's too far off nah but my whole thing is like like what you said new on top of new like let's let's really be creative here you already got a a female protagonist we don't know what what route they're going for like strong independent boss chick we don't know if they're gonna do like trevor where it's like a hillbilly or did they i don't even know if they said race Mm it would be dope if it was a black woman it would be very unique if it was like any other race of woman that isn't a white woman. Mm-hmm. But like, imagine if they put that in Atlanta, where the strong black culture is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Imagine if they put that in Chicago, where we stereotype the violence and everything with all the um gangs and stuff out there. Imagine if they did that. You know what I'm saying? They're like, that would have just been so much opportunity. If they did DC with all the government agencies and everything, say if they went the boss lady route. Like, there were so many ways they could have intertwined a new female protagonist with the theme of these new areas and really tied that together to make something beautiful. I think because we already know they're gonna focus on the online mode anyway afterwards. I think it just it just goes down into what story they're trying to tell. The current um, information surrounding the story is that it's supposed to be a Bonnie and Clyde 
type situation. And because they said it's supposed to be a Bonnie and Clyde situation, that's why I can see Vice City being a Bonnie and Clyde situation. Like a Hollywood Bonnie and Clyde situation. I see Vice City fitting that. If if that if that's true. But I want to spend the block on the female protagonist. I really hope that they take this character seriously. Yeah. And I hope that they don't pervert her throughout mm-hmm. the story and the choices that she has to make. And I hope they don't try to make her a stereotype. Ryan touched on the fact that it would be really dope if this female protagonist is a black woman. And we all know the stereotypes surrounding black women and how they can be portrayed in media. And we all know the nature of Grand Theft Auto. So I really hope that they are very intentional with this character and they take her seriously. I'm hoping for a strong female lead, like Ron was saying, like a boss lady. But I, and with that, I also hope that they still, it still feels like a Grand Theft Auto main character. That she fits, that she, like, this is a nicely well-done, designed, thought-out character, and it still gives you those GTA vibes. Right. And and it's like, because we've seen him do it. Like, with GTA Five, Franklin, obviously it touched on, like, some stereotypes, but Franklin was a well-developed character mm-hmm. as a black male character that we could all relate to. You had the Trevor, you had the Michael, you know, the false white guy professional with the hillbilly um backwoods like other white guy like we got a we got we got the stereotypes touch but the stories were still expanded upon Mm -hmm. now when they integrate a woman i want them to really really show us another side Mm -hmm. i want them to really expand on her story i want y'all if y'all pick a stereotype obviously a few are going to be in there don't make that the main focus the same way y'all treated the other male leads. Exactly. I want this character to be fun. I want them to be great. Either make me love her or make me hate her. And if y'all can make me feel one of those two things, y'all did a great job. Right. I want to either really love this character or really hate this character. Not because they were bad written, but because they were so well written. I would love to see that. Or I hope that they, at the end of the day, make her enjoyable to play as. You know, mm-hmm. this is not like if you guys ever played Spider-Man where you had the Mary Jane side missions and you just Mary Jane just for this side mission. No, this is a main character. You're going to be her majority of the time. So make mm-hmm. the character enjoyable to be played as, you know, and I I feel like we should love playing as this character. I don't think we should hate because if you're going to be the protagonist. And it's and the way they're hinting at it, it's not going to be like GTA Five, where you could alternate between Franklin, Mike, and uh, Trevor. So it's not like let me get this Trevor mission out the way so I can go back playing as Franklin. No, you're going to be this lady the whole time. So to me, I need to enjoy this character. Right. I would have loved. The GTA 5 character wheel, three people, 
But imagine it. I, I know this is since they already announced what they're doing. I would have loved to see like a whole like set of three women. So with, like, I their individual. Stories. I think that it would have been. been I think it would have been taking it too fast. Because hmm. they're one, they're they're already stepping outside of the GTA formula by making a female protagonist. So let's, for me, let's play it safe and keep it that one female. Now, if they execute okay. that, if they execute that really well, then let's add the multi protagonists to the mix and have their stories intertwined because they didn't do that with the male characters at first. Every GTA was a solo male protagonist and then they flipped the script. They upped the formula with GTA five by adding in three male protagonists and they, I, they executed that very well with how their stories aligned and how their individual stories went. This is completely new. So now that it's basically them starting over with a new GTA game with a female protagonist. Let's see how this goes first with one, how well do can they develop a story and develop a game with a female protagonist? Oh, that did well. That did great. Okay, let's kick it up a notch. And GTA 7 okay. is us getting a mix, maybe even a mix. Two female protagonists and a male protagonist. Or two male protagonists and they stick in the female because they know, we know that them sticking in a female protagonist in the game is going to be executed well because they've done it before. I think right. them coming in the GTA 6 and saying we're about to put three female protagonists in the game, let's slow down. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's slow down because... Let's take let's take a Michael Jackson moonwalk step backwards and let's start with one because you guys have never done this before and you want to do three. I feel that. I feel that. So I get it that GTA 5 felt so new because we were able to alternate between three characters. But the fact that this is a female protagonist, something that they've never done before. Let's see how they execute on that before we try to up the formula even more. Right. Okay. Now let's and let's also be real. They're going to focus on that online mode the most. Now, yeah. yeah. How much did y'all play online, Ralph? I know you played a good amount of online. I didn't like play this. Online. This is my. This is my. G you did it. This is my GTA Five online experience. I showed up, I made my guy. The first thing that happens, I'm getting chased by this dude who was trying to kill me. So then I'm running for my life. I got this gun. The gun ran out of bullets. I can't go to the ammunition because I'm not at the right level to go buy more guns. So I'm basically mm -hmm. just running from this dude the whole time. It wasn't, maybe if I hop back in it now, maybe I have a better experience, but that just ruined the whole, mm -mm. that ruined the whole Don't thing. That, that whole, that took a span of five minutes for me to say, I am not going to enjoy this and I have not been back. So, so here's the thing. GT Online is, it was really fun. My experience, I played hours hours probably like 150 plus and here's the thing it was really good 
Uh, you 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 didn't level up. You should have did some missions. You should have had your little squad of folks to help you out. But you know, you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they're definitely going to do that. GTA Online made them so much money. It is it is Rockstar's biggest source of income still, and has been for years. So what I am excited to see, and I hope y'all jump in early because the hackers are going to give y'all free money like they did in GTA Five. I hope that. They have an organized theme for GTA Online because with GTA Five it was like freeform, like how you said you jumped in and you was just and you were just getting shot at. That was all of GTA Five for like the first year. It wasn't until years later they had it to where you could like control like these little I don't know what words we can't use like the little um drug cartels. They like play a cartel person. You could do the little spy missions for the government and all this other stuff. Stack up different types of bases, integrating all of this. Mm-hmm. That came years later. I hope when with this new GTA Six Online, they have an organized thing. Like, let me know what I can do from the jump. I know y'all going to expand, but let don't don't let it be as freeform like they did with GTA Five. Give me some type of something to grab onto. You know what I'm saying? I'll yeah. think about if I'll think about playing GTA Six Online. I'll think about. You it. I would I would say from my point of view, um, GTA Five Online didn't look too fun for me, but like. As I've as I began watching other you know streamers do GTA Five like RP, that that looks very more a lot interesting because then now you're pretty much playing a certain you know quote unquote character that you want to create in this world and you're pretty much doing it with other people that are also RPing as well. So that makes it that that adds a layer of like storytelling that you can create on your own at that point. Mhm. So, yeah. I'm excited to see how okay, how the people that RP go into to G- GTA 6 when um, you know, the people that are over those kind of servers actually get the map and make it how they want to make it and I want to I'm I'm waiting to see how they all integrate to that. Yeah. I'm excited for the game period. Like we had talked about this before. We've been playing GTA Five since 2013. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for GTA Six because I'm I. It's Grand Theft Auto. It's going to be over a decade when GTA Six dropped. Right, that's yeah. the funny part. It's they said the, the rumor at the moment. The rumored release date for GTA Six is between. April 2023 and March 2024. So there's like it's, it's somewhere October of April. Of, I can of, see it being a fall. I can see it. Be, I can see GTA 6 being a holiday release if not fall. Yeah. I feel bad for every other game that try to drop at the same time. Yeah. Ooh. I Ooh. I see that being a Ooh. holiday. I see that being a holiday release if not a fall release. So if anything, if anything, it might um, be also a um, December, uh, like Christmas Eve kind of release. That's what I said. Holiday. Uh, that... The holiday when I guess I'm so used like, when I see holiday season, that means Thanksgiving, Christmas time. When I usually see holiday, when when some when they put something out and it says it's coming out holiday 2022, that's after Thanksgiving. Black Friday, 
Christmas area. Mm-hmm. So I could see it being somewhere up in there. And when I say fall, I'm thinking like a October release before before Thanksgiving. So. Got it, got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. The thing is, mm, 2023, though, because they announced it, they said they're working on it. How many years of development did they have? They announced how many years of work they already put into it. I know they said like half the teams. Is, now they announced. Now, they announced in January that they had been working on it. That they were developing. So they were developing. Yeah. So here's the thing. If it is really 2023, and I ain't heard nothing about this game has been in four plus years of development. I'm a fear some. I'm a fear the usual. The game was rushed, bugs, so, day one patch of 50 gigabytes. So they said, types. so I read an article that they are doing the updates just so they won't feel the crunch time when it's time to release. So whatever they're developing right now is just that base. And mm-hmm. then when they come out with updates, that's going to be everything else. So I feel you that it may seem like they're rushing it, but I. Be, because of the fact that they're doing the updates with the new missions and areas, I feel like maybe they're trying to come up with a counter plan so the game won't feel rushed on launch. My whole so, thing is what I do, what I what I hope they do. I hope they do it like GTA Five, where the online came a few months after. Yeah, I can't remember how long it took. I know people were mad at first, but it did two things. It allowed us to enjoy the story mode because a lot of people do just jump straight into GTA Online. And two, it gave them a little bit of time to fix everything and prep their servers and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So I hope they redo that same um process that worked that same process that worked for them the first time. So I feel like yeah. where Ryan is coming from, he don't want it to fall flat like Cyberpunk did when they got released. That's where he's coming from. There we go. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. But I, I don't I think but that but that's what I'm saying though. The fact that they're because they already stated there's going to be updates, I just don't feel like the base game is going to be on the scale of Cyberpunk. Because Cyberpunk was released with the intention that the whole this is the whole game. And that's when people started finding bugs and got a lackluster experience. Rockstar is telling you guys is that on launch, you are not getting the full game. The fact that they said that updates are coming with new missions and areas should tell you that the initial GTA 6 launch is not going to be the full game. Do not expect the full game. So that brings me a little technical question. Do we like do we like that? I guess like do we I guess we'll find out. like games as a service has already been a big debate in the gaming community on whether we like it or not. There's some benefits, there are some flaws. But what sucks about games as a service, which is my fear for Rockstar, is that y'all know I got to make my food comparison. Y'all know I got to make my food comparison. <laughs> oh my god! It's one thing. Somebody it's get one em. thing for you to say. It's one thing for you to say you're gonna give me a burger, but. It come with one of the buns, not the top bun, the meat, and no ketchup. It's another, if I get the meat, the top of the bun, the bottom bun, 
some some ketchup, mustard, and mayo. And then you say, hey, we're going to make it. We're going to make it a hamburger. We're going to add lettuce. We're going to add tomato. We're going to add onion. We're going to make it a Big Mac and add a second bottom bun and a second piece of meat. But the thing is, it's one thing if I started with an actual burger and now y'all are enhancing it versus an undeveloped piece of mess. That's true. But, I, that but order this up. doesn't sound like this doesn't sound like it's going to be unfinished. This sounds like yeah. your first example that this is your base burger. Now later we're gonna add you some lettuce, some tomato, another piece of meat, and a bun. But mm-hmm. for right now, this is your base. Th- yeah, this is your base burger. Okay. This is what it sounds like. Water burger spicy ketchup. Water burger spicy ketchup. Now okay. to answer your question of do we like it? Is this a formula that we're going to enjoy? I'm not sure. If they make okay. my my answer would be if they make the base game, the base burger. If I bite into it and I'd be like, okay, I can sit with this until y'all come with my lettuce, tomato, cheese. Then I think I would be okay. I think the formula would be fine. But if I fight bite into this base burger and it's like, okay, I really need this lettuce. I really need yeah. these tomatoes. Like I need a double patty right like right now. That's where I feel like maybe that wasn't the formula to go with. Right. Right. So I guess it just depends on what the base game is like. If it's looking to be a good story. We're we like the female protagonists. We can see where the story is going, the gameplay elements and everything. If we get into it and we like it for what it is in that moment, I feel like we will be okay. Okay. So I don't think I would hope, but I don't think they're gonna give us an unfinished game on launch. Because that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. It do, it doesn't make sense. Because you could have just waited. What's the point of saying that you're gonna give us updates and then the first installment of this you give us is not even done? Right. You could have just. Okay. You could have just waited. But th- but that's just me. And I and I feel, and I feel where we're coming from because we talked about this before with games getting pushed out and rushed and they're not performing. So maybe. This is a new formula that Rockstar is trying to avoid that. And we will just have to see how it plays out. Okay. Foop says she trusting in Rockstar. We going to see. So the last thing I want to talk about. Yeah, we all going to have to. We all going to have to cross it. I mean, we're going to quote in the the next GTA um, video focus video. We're going to quote this. Look. I feel like we we have to wait regardless, but I just don't. I I don't know. It sounds like to me they trying to get their p's and q's, get their ducks in a row. But the last thing I want to talk about, our last topic of the day, is Microsoft and Discord have made the partnership to get uh, Discord on Xbox. PlayStation has already made the partnership with Discord. Now Xbox is next. I got two hot takes surrounding this topic. The first one is if they do this right, do 
we expect to see an increase in the amount of cross-platform play. Yes. Yes. So we got a thumbs up from Ryan and a yes from Ralph. So I got a maybe. It's- I did some background research into how is this going to work. And there seems to be a bit of steps. A couple, There's a couple steps that you have to take to integrate Discord with your Xbox, which they're not horrible, but I always feel like something like this should always be easy to use for the user. The user shouldn't have to do too much to use the feature. So, RUX design. I see you come side maybe. <laughs> so with PlayStation, I'm going to I'm going to um tell you PlayStation's uh process first to get connected to Discord, and then we're going to go back and talk about Xbox. PlayStation, uh, where are my notes? You go to Discord, you and you go to your user settings, you go to connections, and then a PlayStation icon is supposed to come up. You set that up, and you're connected. Discord is connected to PlayStation. Xbox, you have to jump between Discord and the Xbox mobile app. You start on Xbox mobile, well, you have to install it. If you don't have it, you have to install it. Then you go to Discord open your voice channel and then there is a option to transfer your discord voice channel to xbox and then you have to go back to xbox mobile and confirm that you want to make that change from using xbox's voice channel to discord and then it gets connected looking at it is not a lot of steps but i but hopping between two apps is inconvenient, especially in this time of day where you could where apps are integrated to where you could do so much on one app. Right. But the fact that you have to hop between two, I could see that as it being a pain point for some people where they don't want to bother with it at all. Or I can see some hiccups in between trying to make that Discord Xbox connection where they would rather just use Discord instead of the integration. So trying to understand the tech behind it. Um, so when you change it on the Xbox app and you're basically permanently switching to Discord, I'm assuming that to go back to Xbox app, it's not going to do that when you turn the Xbox off or the app off or close it out. It's just going to be permanently set to Discord. The app connects to your Xbox, and every time you get on Xbox and you want to go to party chat, it's going to be like Discord chat or something? I don't know if it permanently makes the change. I think it's just I think it's just the, the option that you want yeah. to move your chat to Discord instead of using Xbox's party chat. I don't know if once you change it over, that permanently sets it to Discord, or if that's just the steps to get it to be integrated with discord right so essentially they're not integrating discord into the microsoft software they're just making it a separate application that you can connect to through your xbox almost as if you're treating it like a pc that's what it that's what it looked like now i don't know if it's not i don't know if that's just the current rollout because we always know people do soft launches where this is just what Mm -hmm. you have to do for now and then later, stop doing that 
here's this quick five second thing that you can do and now you're in there that's the thing if it's if it's something i can do once and if they continue to make it more fluid i'll bite the bullet and deal with it for now but i don't like the option where you got to choose now here's the thing pretty much every gamer i don't know the percent of the gaming community that has a discord but majority of them do i I would like to assume that the majority of them do are the ones who are more in touch with youtube and watching streamers got discord so that's that won't it won't be too hard once it's set up i just hope it's not too much back and forth Mm -hmm. because i am because we've all been begging for this all gamers have been begging for discord to work on chat ever since cross-platform became a thing because it is so many issues with it but i hope it's more fluid than what it sounds through text that's all i can say i hope it sounds i hope it's more fluid yeah, I, I I'm I thinking that it'll be a lot more fluid once we, you know, cross that bridge of the initial app. It's going to be a lot better. Exactly. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think this is just a just for now solution just to get you guys started because of course, you guys made this partnership. You want your users to start using this as soon as possible. What's the easiest way to get this done? It may not be convenient. It may not be the fastest, but this was the easiest way to get Xbox users to start using Discord. And then once that starts getting rolled out, now let's think of the best way the, to get this in here that we know our users will enjoy. Right. Also, to know so, with Microsoft being, you know, the root of, you know, PCs in general as being like the main operating system, it'll be easier for them to integrate the app through Microsoft than it would be with Sony or via PlayStation. Right. And there and the Xbox is essentially a PC anyway in the yes. way that they set it up and established it. Like I would be you would expect I'm mean, like not to talk down on Sony, you would expect Sony to be the one that's having software issues with trying to integrate another app compared to the Microsoft Office f- team, you know what I'm saying? Like, which, which uh, there should be some better. I think I, I think there's going to be better I, integration. I think I think it's going to be yeah, some yeah. better integration. I think this is just yeah. there just for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so we are approaching. PlayStation had it longer. Had the contract. That's longer. true. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point too. So, I when I don't know when they first dropped. That you could connect Discord to PlayStation. Did you hop on it first, Ralph, or did you wait a while? I'm I'm waiting until they get the full app on PlayStation. Okay, so maybe PlayStation had the same type of deal, and the process that I just told you guys is something that came later. Now you can mm-hmm. do this, but before you maybe had to do the same amount of steps that you did on uh on Xbox. I am scared that they're going to get greedy. Remember this part of the video? I'm scared that they're going to get greedy. Discord got their Nitro stuff and everything else. I'm worried that it, like probably six months down the line, after this stuff is more fluid, they might start doing some, oh, you want more than six people from different consoles in one party? $5 a month for a $10 yearly subscription or, or $10, $15 yearly subscription. I don't think the I'm only worried. the only the only way I could see them doing that is if Microsoft buys out Discord and then they yeah. can do whatever they want. 
But if as long as Discord remains a separate entity outside of Microsoft and outside of Sony, I don't think they're going to do that. I hope so. But we are approaching time, guys. I know um, I said we had another hot take on this topic, but we are pushing an hour 47. Good conversation, though. Glad to have you boys back in the studio. But I know how we can get and we can keep talking for hours. <laughs> so oh, we can talk about this forever. One. Right. So one, yeah. I want to thank you both, Ron and Ralph, for joining me on another episode of The Blurred Mob. I want to thank everybody who um, is listening and watching, whether this is your first time or your 50th time watching The Blurred Mob. Thank you for the ongoing support. We truly appreciate it. Um, we are back from hiatus. So um, I hope you guys are looking forward to more Blurred Mob content because we are definitely excited to put more out there. And uh, with that being said, Ralph, lead us out. All right. Thank you guys for watching and or listening. Make sure to follow us at Instagram on the Blurred Mob Pod. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Blurred Mob. Make sure to follow us on TikTok and Facebook at the Blurred Mob Podcast. And with that being said, peace. Hands up. If you love them where you at, stand 10 toes down. Shout out to Anna. Look at me. Don't look at me. You can let them haters hate when they answer where I'm smiling. I just tell them like.